Hey everybody, welcome to Pop Sports Shorts, our uh, last episode of the year, if I believe. No, like we have, it's our last episode, what about the- This is our bonus episode, right? So it maybe doesn't- No, count. this isn't our bonus episode, our last week was our bonus episode. I lose track. No, wait, no, last week was our, no, last week was our bonus, because we came back on the week after Thanksgiving with the real episode. Anyway, Just welcome to the Pop dice Sports Shorts. We're going to roll the, the dice and- The way I I'll, see it, every yeah. minute with us is a bonus. Exactly. Beautifully put. That's Matt Sell with the uh, poetry down there, and it's Jared Erickson with the commentary also. Um, let's get right into um, football. Jared, I have a question. I'm starting with you. Yes, sir. How the fuck did the Chiefs score 48 points and Tyree Kill had under 10 points in the PPR league and Travis Kelce had 2.1 points in the standard league? How is that possible? Um, because Tyreek Hill was just one cog in the wheel of – Go fuck yourself, Raiders. Pardon my French. Um, can we can we rewind to that abysmal, disgraceful show that occurred in the pregame and talk about if you're going to go out and dance around on another team's logo in their field, in their house, you better be on your way to absolutely blowing them out of the water, not fumbling and getting a pick six on the first play of your possession. Um and I think, what did they, they ended the first half, it was 35 to three. Oh, it was a fucking ass um, whooping, dude. <laughs> that was God, over. I, I, yeah. live in a, I live in a spot in Jersey where we are, they call it a, a hybrid line, where I get the New York networks in one spot, and then I get the Philly networks in the other. Yeah, so I, I happen to notice yep, I know Philly that carried the, the Chiefs game. Central so Jersey. Said, and it, that is a real place, by the way. It's not a fictional. It's a very thing. real place. Where else would you get both those sections? Exactly. Yeah, that's what Central so, Jersey knows. I <laughs> uh, I turned the game on, and of course they highlighted in the in the pregame show, or the you know the intro show, and I was like, oh, that's typical Raiders, whatever. And right from I mean the first play, bang, popped it out, ran it in for a touchdown, and I said, oh shit, they're mad. And then Mahomes walked them down the field. I said, oh, they're, they're, they're really mad. And then another fumble and another fumble. And yeah, Hill was just one piece of it. Um, the one-two punch of the running game, well, yesterday was one-two-three punch because um, Gore got in on the action. But the running game really stepped up huge. I believe it was 170 yards combined yesterday. Yeah. Um, the, the, the deep ball threat is now – it's not Chiefs of yesteryear where it's that constant deep ball threat, but now it's that, okay, fine, you want to take it away. We're going to pick you apart, and then when you're worn out and tired of us picking you apart for little pieces, that's when we're going uh, to gonna hit you hard. Um, the one play I saw that, that somebody tweeted about, they have the little thing they tweet now, the little animation of the dots moving around and track the ball. And it, it said, imagine what um, Mahomes could have done if he wasn't running five and a half yards left to throw the ball 35 yards right. Um, and it was the animation of him, him running out and there's Hill zipping through. Uh, it, it, was, it was a passionate game. It was uh, fire from... The, the second the Raiders did what they did, it, it was just lit, lit a fire that just burned them alive. The ballsy um, move. And I don't think they'll ever do that again because that and did not age head, well. I mean, just, a, just a ballsy, ballsy move. And then to come out that flat after you do a ballsy move like that. And the Chiefs are doing something important. You know, like you said, they've hooked in 170 yards plus on the ground, I think. And, you know, if they're going to get their deep ball game, deep game back, they're going to have to establish some sort of threat with the running game. Like, they're going to have to earn it now. It's not yes. just going to be there for them because, you know, no one knows how to stop it. Now we can, you can prevent, you can prepare for it. So you have to hit them with something else to open it back up again. It looks like that's what they're doing. Yeah. And, and you can tell that they got everybody involved because, even Josh Gordon got a touchdown and Josh Gordon hasn't done Jack all year long. So yeah, they, they came out very passionate and I love just the subtle F you on the way out the from last year where the Raiders won an arrowhead and they circled the stadium in their buses. 
And on the way out, as all the fans and the teams are leaving the field, the uh, PA crew played the wheels on the bus go round and round. <laughs> so Ex- expert trolling there by the Chiefs. Well done. <laughs> yeah. So congratulations to the Arrowhead staff on that one. But um, it was it was a win they needed. Um, I was actually going to message you guys and say, hey, it's the Chiefs. I actually remember um, as far as the offensive score. But, I mean, a lot of the offensive score was helped by just the absolute destruction the defense was causing. The, the arrival of the so, Chiefs defense is a real problem for the league. Sorry, Matt, go ahead. No, I was hit or miss, so I was wondering. I was like, okay, is Jared going to be happy this week, or is he going to find, like, something wrong with the game? Like, the defense? You know? <laughs> no, so, some, I mean, you know, everybody wasn't... loves a good uh, divisional win. Um, and to not only have a divisional win, but to have an absolute, I mean, to call it a blowout is just not even fair. Thrashing. Um, yeah, a thrashing. Um, and what, what do they call it? The, anyway, the, the final score of the game was just one of the many that keep popping up the first time that score has ever played out in any NFL game in history. Really? So it's the fourth oh, scoregami. Yeah. Thank you. Scoregami. Couldn't think of the word. Because I was like, what the hell's the What'd the final wind think? up being? Uh, it was 48-9. 48-9, right? That's yeah. never happened in the league before? Nope. Wow. That shit like that blows my mind, dude. After all these like over a hundred years of NFL football and forty eight to nine is never happened. started scoring forty eight points till like, you know, the eighties. <laughs> this is true too. That's a big part of why. Yeah. But no, I mean, I thought great performance from the Chiefs. It was one of those moments where you look down and you see it's 38 to three at uh, halftime and you have Tyreek Hill with like two points in your fantasy football game. And you're like, all right, yeah, I'm not getting too much more out of this one, am I? <laughs> no. Yeah, I just couldn't even believe how little amount of points Hill and Kelsey had when I looked at their fantasy points later today. I mean, that's the best. That's the way the Chiefs, but that's the way the Chiefs are going to win. And that's the way those guys are going to get more catches is if they start if the other guys on the team start proving that they can carry the load, which they did this week. I mean, yeah, the Raiders defense sucks, but they held the Raiders offense to nine points. That's pretty good. Yeah. And yeah. Raiders have a good offense. You had, you had the forced fumble right in the beginning. You had, um, I hate that they counted as an interception because they're, they're one tight end. He definitely caught the ball, turned, made a couple steps and the ball got punched out. That to me, that should be a catch with a fumble. But they count it. At, the one play counted as an interception. Um, I mean, I said the, the thing to you guys. I feel like receivers should have interception count against them as well. Like where they bat a ball up in the air and the other team intercepts it. That shouldn't count against quarterback. Not have that like I'm a defending different stat. Oh, I did. Yeah. Have, yeah. I mean, then. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's got to be it, an advanced metric yeah. that measures that there is. I mean, there's tons of that yeah. stuff, that, but it's yeah. also a lot of times they can be deemed not catchable balls. I'm fine. I don't think interceptions are broken, so I'm going to respectfully disagree there. Um, Put that in the category with ties. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> think that part of the fo- of part. There's a lot that's broken about football. There's, huh? It's not very often. Where like there's a season where a quarterback really, really gets like affected by drop balls. Like I remember there was like an Eli Manning do a fair amount of interceptions in his career, but there was one season, I'm gonna call it like 2015, 2016, somewhere around there, where like he just everybody was just dropping the football all the time. Of course and, it's yeah. of course it comes back to the Giants. There's never yeah. been a time where it's just impacted a player, except this one, one time. time it's with the Eli only Manning. time I saw Eli. But no, I've seen, I, I know it, it's like, there's, I've heard that analysis a few times, like at random points. It doesn't happen very often. That's just the only instance I can think about it. Remember, I can think about it happening. But uh, yeah, I think interceptions still for That's the just most part you usually drop pa- fall on Drop passes affect everybody. Every single yeah, they do. It's true. You're right. Drop passes. You're right. And it, and it generally will impact players' games too. I mean, that's why whenever, whenever, like, so when you, when they do rankings of like adjusted completion percentage, where it's like completion of percentage adjusted for drops, 68% is low because it's almost expected that a lot of play. Whereas, you know, if you put up a 68% completion percentage at a game, that's pretty damn good. Right. So it's ex- drops are kind of baked in. Like it's just going to happen. It's not special to Eli. I'm sorry. He's just not, <laughs> he just wasn't that good. This two Super Bowls good. <laughs> late in his career, late in his career. 
Um, that's one more than the greatest quarterback on each of your guys' teams. Yeah, that's fine. My team sucks. My team historically <laughs> sucks too. I don't know what else to say. Still sticking with them, but damn. I, I will 100% say that I have every expectation to see Mahomes in another Super Bowl coming out on the winning end. I expect a few more. Yeah, yeah I, I have a feeling he'll win at least one more in his career too. I think this year. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs defense like kind of keeps up this like play. Like, I just don't know who's going to stop them. I don't. I just can't. I can't see. I know they have an easy schedule the rest of the way, but I just can't see the Patriots beating the Chiefs even in no. Foxborough. I can't not with Mac Jones, not with no. with Brady for sure. If they still had Brady, but like not with Mac Jones. Yeah, I mean, I mean Belichick will have a good plan. It's just can they will. execute it? Yeah, Belichick. So we agree that's probably going to be the AFC Championship game at this point, right? Of course it is. Like, because yeah. you know, we, we, what else? What else could it be? The Titans, yeah. maybe? Like, come uh, on. no, no, I don't, no. I don't, I don't, there's I don't nobody else the really Titans. good. There really two, isn't. You know, those two teams are the class of the AFC at this point. And the Chargers aren't. I can see the Chargers making no, it. The Chargers defense could be a little rough at around the edges. At they're times. not. They're not at that level, though. Yeah. You know, the Chargers defense only looked good because they played the Giants this past week. Like, they're not there. It's a very inconsistent defense. They've gotten thrashed a couple times this season. It's too bad the Bengals have fallen off. I really like Joe Burrow, but they're, I think they'll be fine over the course of the years. It's a learning learning year for them. That's a weird division, though, man, because, you know, the Ravens are struggling. Lamar Jackson is struggling. And the Browns are kind of coming out of their shell a bit, but like, I could totally see the Bengals hopping both of those teams, you know. I don't think no, Pittsburgh's going to be in it down the stretch. Oh, I think the Steelers are going to fucking end up winning that division just no by some, like, because nobody wants terrible. it. terrible. I know. Not yeah, a good football team. There's no way they, they can couldn't maintain. even beat the Lions. Admit you were sort of waiting, though, for them to, like, tie that. You were sort of hoping they would tie that game up the other night. Who made uh, hell no? I had money on the Vikings the other night, dude. Oh, you did. Oh, dude, oh, I was oh, freaking yeah, the hell out, dude. I was like, these sons of bitches, <laughs> these purple sons of bitches, about to blow this game. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they all they blow everything. The Viking, I mean, Vikings won thirty six twenty eight, but like they were up twenty eight nothing or something like that, and the Steelers just like stormed back on the back of just a ton of like noodle armed passes from uh, I know Roethlisberger. Frustrating as fuck. <laughs> yeah, he's really he's. He should have walked away when he had the chance. Like, it's just so bad. And it's disappointing because he was, he really was, I, I think he was one of the better of that draft class. And he just, he looks so terrible. And it's, mm. well, he's ben, just holding Big on. Ben, Big Ben, though, is proof that you don't need to be Patrick Mahomes to win a Super Bowl. It certainly fucking helps. But like, you can be, yeah. you know, that sub elite guy in that next group. And as long as the team around you is built well and you have a stacked defense like that, you can win a Super Bowl. Right. Like, and it's just, that's why when everybody is, I think sometimes every fan when their team drafts a quarterback is like, well, I hope they become Patrick Mahomes or, you know, whatever. But it's like, it's not always going to be like that. It's not fair to hope a quarterback's going to do that. You have to let them develop as they're going to develop. But at this point, you just, I just hope, you know, they're part of the right formula. So you can like win success. with Matt Stafford. You can win with Ben Roethlisberger. You can win with the. You can win with Eli Manning. You can well, win with you, those like sub elite guys. If you went to AFC title games with Mark Sanchez, like you get it, dude. Yeah, like, I did. understand what you're saying, <laughs> man. Like <laughs> you beat the Patriots one year in the playoffs with Mark Sanchez. <laughs> with Mark Sanchez, we beat the Patriots. That's still like that's the best. That's the best memory from my lifetime as a Jets fan, too. That game, I think I, that's that, the best memory from his lifetime. that game was unreal and then the like they just walk up to bart scott he's doing the little like flight thing on the sideline and he comes up to do that famous interview that was just amazing can't wait can't wait (laughs) they're out here saying our defense can't stop it their defense can't stop a nosebleed it's just (laughs) so fired up oh man i love bart scott he was he was he was fun man he's good as a commentator too yeah, I like I like I like him on ESPN now with like his new co-host more than when he was on the fan. That's I think a great it's a better, it's a better so mix he, of people. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I've seen it a little bit, but when he was a free agent, uh, they were Rex was like waiting outside his house for free agency to start, and then like the moment free agency started at like midnight or whatever, knocked on his door and like offered him a contract there, <laughs> something crazy like that. Like Rex, because they were together in Baltimore, and Rex just loved him. Right, right. And I mean. That he doesn't had, surprise me. 
he had two years for us where he just was like incredible, like run stopping middle linebacker. Like you couldn't run on the jets and it was specifically because of Bart Scott. He was unbelievable. But uh, I guess while we're there, we should talk about the Jets defense because it is not, those days are long gone. Um, <laughs> do they have a defense? Dude, can I tell you something? They do not. They I have a went, bunch of day three and undrafted free agents. I was on, I got a, I was on FanDuel this week and Alvin Kamara's rushing yardage, like over under, was 67 and a half. And I'm like, are you, you fucking that, right? kidding me? Oh, of course I did, dude. I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> He's going to have that many yards in the first quarter, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. Because it, it was, and he was like, oh, he's coming off an injury. I'm like, dude, if Alvin Kamara is playing, he's playing. Like, he yeah. is the, he's the Saints weapon. And the Jets couldn't stop it. I mean, there's nothing no. the Jets can do to stop the run right now. It's atrocious how bad their run defense is. And it's not even like anything creative has to be done. They just can run it up the gut. You can beat them on the edge. You can do everything. Uh, I, I knew this was a really bad matchup because Taysom Hill didn't need to throw, but they still let him sit back there and look like fucking Peyton Manning in the pocket at times. Like he just throwing darts down the field with only two fingers. Um, yeah, the Jets defense is embarrassing. There's not really much good to take out of this game. So I'll be quick. Zach Wilson didn't turn over the ball. Uh, that was good. He was making good decisions out there, but he was inaccurate as hell. Like yeah, he every was. ball was off. Everything was kind of like away from the receiver. He skipped a, he skipped a pass to Braxton Berrios. That was like one of those behind the line of scrimmage throws with blocking ahead of him. I mean, it's the same problems. He can't make the short and intermediate passes right now. And he can make, he can throw when he throws it down the field, it's like a laser or a dart or it's right in the receiver's hands. But Anything short and intermediate, which should be the easy throws, he just can't do. And they didn't have him take, he wasn't taking too many shots down the field because the protection was really bad. So it was just all around, like, basically the team was bad. Elijah Moore's out for probably another couple of games. So that was unfortunate because they don't really have a receiver. Without Moore and Davis, they don't really have a receiver who can get separation. Uh, Berrios is awesome, but he's like five foot two. Um, And yeah, what it comes down to is, they're basically asking a rookie quarterback who's not ready for that sort of thing yet to go out there and win the game on his own. And that's just not going to happen. So there's not really too much to take from this, except that, you know, when you look at lists of hall of fame quarterbacks, they all have similar first years to Zach Wilson. And when you look at lists of quarterbacks who are bus, they all kind of have similar years to Zach Wilson. So it's, you just don't know. I mean, he's a rookie. You you don't don't know know anything definitively in the first year. I think what's going to be very important for Zach Wilson is you're saying he's having a hard time making the short and intermediate throws, like those quick decisions that need to be on to be a great quarterback. And I think it all depends on how the coaching staff helps him develop over this next, you know, year, year and a half. They're going to have to drill him on mechanics because that's what I see the most. Because when you see Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady make that short, quick throw, they're still squaring up to the receiver. They're still, you know, their mechanics are still sound. He's just kind of like short arming it. He's like, a, you know, backyard football where you toss it off to the side is what right. it feels like. So I, it looks all correctable to me, but I'm not an expert, but you know, what I, I think needs to happen is they need to just spend, he needs to spend the off season drilling his mechanics because his decision-making was actually pretty good. Like he was making good reads and getting the ball in the right, getting the ball to the right receiver, just not actually to them. So that was the only thing to really take away from this. Otherwise it was a pretty abysmal game. Um, it, he just, he can throw it down the field. He can make the off script plays. He just needs to figure out how to make those short throws in the pocket. Right. And how like to get, that, it, get it out quickly. I feel like that's a big thing with rookie quarterbacks or quarterbacks who get shoved out in the limelight due to injuries or whatever. They, they might have the reverse. They might have the mechanics, but their decision-making you spend the whole game going, why why i mean if he's making the right decisions mechanics are fixable to a degree i mean if if they were able to work on tim tebow's mechanics not a great example but (laughs) they were able to i don't think he quite quite has the natural talent of quarterback in Zach Wilson. but i know what you're saying but i mean that's saying no josh allen's the best example because josh allen they like went to they went to like school on his mechanics and his mechanics it's night and day i mean he's an incredible quarterback now because he fixed his mechanics yeah i was impressed with i mean with darnold it became the mechanics and the decision making were really bad so it was like both of those things but with I don't know. He's a rookie because teams will adjust to him too. If they get like an idea of what he likes to do. Um, There's a few things he does really well. 
but we don't need to get into that because it's the Jets and they're like three and whatever. So who cares? Let's move on. Oh. Unfortunately, they are officially eliminated. Oh, so sad. I, you know what's bothering me too? One last thing. Jets fans that are like getting excited that Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are bad as anything other than just an example of Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields being bad is simply just an example of it's hard to be a rookie quarterback in the NFL and it's hard to step right in. Especially I don't like three people, brutal teams. I don't like, well, yeah. And I don't like feeling like people are celebrating it. That bothers me. Like root for all these guys. Root for, I like Trevor Lawrence. I like Justin Fields. I wanted the Jets to draft Justin Fields. Just cheer for all the guys, except that they're all on bad teams and it's a lot of work and hopefully they can all figure it out. And this is a really strong quarterback class. I think the bears are closest to like getting it like, right just because they have a good defense at least already and they and got the running some good, games they got yeah. a great running game they got a couple good running backs over there they had a couple like you know real like legit pro bowl caliber players on defense so i know i think fields you're gonna hopefully see him get out of it sooner than later um uh, jacksonville is just a goddamn dumpster well, fire and yeah i want to <laughs> i want to come back to that but i i i wanted to touch on your john that didn't sound right I wanted to address your Giants <laughs> first, and then I I did wanna I wanted to go towards that Jacksonville dumpster fire, but let's uh I when I when I went back because I admittedly I didn't really look at the Giants score, so when I went back and looked at the score, it is deceiving because it doesn't look like as much of a blowout as the way it was being explained to me. Well, I uh, I I dumped out on the fourth quarter. I was done. Uh... I just couldn't take it anymore. That's how bad it was. And I told you last week, I'm like, you're not getting any help from the Giants this week with the Chargers. So I'm apologizing yeah. in advance. And they absolutely gave you no help whatsoever. Um, you know, Justin Herbert, like he pretty much did whatever he wanted for most of the game. He had, I think he ended up with, he ended up with three touchdown passes when it was all said and done. Only because I decided to turn off at the end. So I'm not sure how, how like the end actually played out. Cause like I said, couldn't take it anymore. Um, the Giants just showed absolutely nothing everywhere. Um, this and which which bothered me more about this than anything else is the losses keep getting worse, the performances keep getting worse, the effort keeps getting worse. Yet we hear reports today and in New York City that that um, John Mara still thinks Joe Judge is his guy. And he has oh, his, God. he has his Bill Belichick or Bill Parcells. That's what John Mara thinks of Joe Judge. And I'm just like, has this fucking son of a bitch watched any football this year? Like, clearly not. I don't even know where you could possibly come to the conclusion. Like he has had his court, the quarterback has regressed under him. The offense, they keep putting all these pieces into place that are supposed to put the Giants in this offense in position to be really good. And none of these signings are working out. You've busted, you've, you've fucked up almost, you've fucked up every first round draft pick you've made as, as the GM. It is an absolute disaster. And we know, and we know the GM's gone. Like, I think it's a pretty much foregone conclusion. Gellum is gone. But if you're getting rid of Gellum and get rid of the fucking coach too and get a GM in here and let him just run it his way, let him bring in his coach, let him make the decision on Daniel Jones, let the new coach make the decision on Daniel Jones. They want to keep him around. Honestly, you might not be too bad off keeping Daniel Jones around and maybe trying to bring in an Andy Dalton or a Gardner Minshew next year because there's not any. Top, there's no real quarterbacks I think that should be drafted in the top ten this year. I don't think any either of them are worth being. I think two of them will get drafted. Kenny Pickett and the kid from I think Ole Miss will probably get drafted in the top ten. But um, I would yeah, maybe the Ole like kids mocked up in a lot of top tens. Yeah, in fact, maybe, yeah. What were you gonna say? Oh no, we we uh, we froze a little bit, so we might have talked over each other. Sorry, listeners. Uh, Tankathon has him. Mocked to the Giants, actually, the Ole Miss Jesus. quarterback. I just think that's a terrible draft choice. I think the Giants are so yeah. weak everywhere. They, they, I can't remember the last time. I mean, I got to give credit. Ojolari's been a good surprise this year, and he's played well, but he's not the number one edge rusher. He's the number two edge rusher. They haven't had a number one edge rusher since Jason Pierre-Paul, and they need to get one. 
And the draft has that opportunity for them. They have an opportunity to improve on the O-line with another top 10 pick in the O-line. Hopefully it will pan out correctly this time. And then you know what? I think this is the draft if maybe you try to take a flyer on the quarterback in the second or third round if it's if someone you like is there. And then try to quarterback again next year. Get more of the team established. Because I think if you just bring in a young quarterback now, you're going to run into the same situation that Zach Wilson's running into, that Justin Fields is running into, that Trevor Lawrence is running into. Because this team sucks so much that there's no chance this quarterback's going to develop in this rookie year. So don't draft the quarterback this year. It's not like any quarterback prospect's really blowing people away. Even like, you know, like Kenny Pickett's not blowing me away. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, the Ole Miss kids, I, I can't even think of his name that's so much he's not blowing me away. Okay, like this is the draft where you take care of your line. That's what this draft is. Yep. Okay, this is the in defensive line, offensive line draft coming up here, and the Giants need to draft that way this year. And as I said, if that means bringing Andy Dalton to quarterback the team, if Daniel Jones isn't the guy, whatever. That means bringing in Minshew. I think Minshew's only on a one-year deal with the Eagles. He might be on a two. I'm not sure. Bring him in. You know, because these are just guys you know can at least run a professional offense effectively. They're not going to take us to the Super Bowl. I understand that. But, you know, they're also going to get us a chance to pick. You know, we'll probably still be picking in the upper half of the draft next year, even with those guys quarterbacking in 2023, the 2023 draft. You know that I think you should always take the quarterback if you need one and you have a pick that high. I just don't think these quarterbacks, I think we're seeing it with kind of like, Zach Wilson and Justin Fields and Trevor and no, maybe They're not rookies. so much Trevor Lawrence. They're rookies. Okay, let me rephrase that. Almost let me take that back. I look okay. at something like Trey Lance, okay? A guy who hasn't played a snap yet this year. I don't think you can draft a top guy in the top five. He's not going to play a snap in his first year. I think that's reaching. And because you've already lost a year of his career now. You're and, it, and you're always it. telling me, and you're always telling me it's all about value and getting games in there and playing but if you're not in the field playing how are you adding value i say it's about value positions so you have we don't we already argued about this for like and i think offensive 15, tackles and i think and it's not like the giants have only one hole like if there's an elite edge rusher they need to take them and there's an well, elite offensive telling you and then you just gotta Take best player available. The but if best player, you know? if best player available is the quarterback, then you've got to take the quarterback. But I don't I, think the quarterback. I think the best it's a touch and center. It might be. I mean, these things change up until the combine. Guys, some, that's the thing about quarterbacks; they're always on an arc of some sort, developing. Like right. you guys, you don't know who's who until really they hit. Nobody knew who Justin Herbert was except for college football fans, and nobody thought he would be as good as he is. So you take the quarterback. It's the right decision. I remember the game. I'm assuming the Giants will just too. take a running back. So it'll be fine. I don't think the Giants are taking a running back, dude. No. I think those days are long gone. I, I think they're take I think they're taking linemen this year. I think they're focusing on getting some pieces in place rather than just get a quarterback. Because if you draft a quarterback, you have to play him. You can't put well, you have two you have two top ten now. picks. You'll probably have two top yeah. ten picks. Well, we yeah, might, we definitely Seattle's will, probably yeah. gonna Seattle's probably gonna keep winning. So I don't think we'll have two top ten picks, but uh It'll that Seattle pick will still be high, but the point is, like, if if they think one of those quarterbacks is good, they should draft him because it's just it's a better value there. Um, anyway, we should move on to Jack. Do what do you want to you want to wrap up the Giants? No, I I've I've my you got to fire Joe Judge. John John Mara's on crack if he doesn't. Doesn't sound Joe like Judge. they're going to do that though. Um, <laughs> I hate it so much. I feel like that they feel like they don't. The fans are really going to revolt. I can't. I don't know one Giants fan who. I haven't, I haven't met the Giants fan who likes Joe Judge right now and thinks he should be the coach of this team next year. It's because there oh. isn't one. Only other game I want to touch on real quick before we jump into Jacksonville is uh, Buccaneers-Bills. Uh, holy shit, Josh Allen. What a, what a fourth quarter. I mean, just brought that team back on his own. Uh, it, and it was hitting a point in the middle of that game where you were seeing commentary online, like maybe the Bills just aren't that good. Maybe Josh Allen's not a franchise quarterback. And then he, He's exposed. Yeah, he does that. And... Tampa Bay pretty much, I, I think they should have gone, uh, Bills should have gone for it in overtime, but basically, you know, Tampa Bay gets the win, but anybody could have won that game at that point. And right. What a game. It was a good game for the Bills because you know the Bills can still hang with the best. So all yes. they got to do, all they got to do is get into the, into the party. Exactly. They needed yeah. that win. And we, yeah. as, I mean, as AFC East fans, we all were wanting them to beat the Patriots. It sucks. The Patriots are probably going to get the bye week at this point because their schedule is easy enough. I don't see them losing, but uh, 
Packers. Jared's nodding no because you know, but we all trust me. We all want it to be Kansas City, but it's probably no, yeah, no, 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 no. We're nodding no. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's disappointment that I'm just so tired of the Patriots. I don't care that Tom Brady's not there anymore. We're all especially with that. At least with Tom Brady was there. Tom Brady was there. (laughs) Not Mac Jones. Not yeah. I I don't. I've. I don't even want to talk about no Mac anymore. Jones rants tonight. We know where no, we all yeah, stand no there. Mac Jones rants <laughs> We've done that. We're good. Because I've done a lot of those. You know how I feel. Um, on to Jacksonville. So Urban Meyer right now, they're dealing with uh, that d- the dumpster fire gets dumpsterier or more fierier. Uh, there were random uh, anonymous quotes from an assistant coach just about that a that him and the players have been arguing. He called his assistant coaches losers and questioned their resumes during a staff meeting. Um, Meyer. Yeah, so calling someone a loser, uh, but then one of the coaches denied it, and you know he's Urban Myers denying it. But I think the overall point stands is before the season, everyone talked about, oh, Trevor Lawrence must be so happy he's not going to the Jets. He must be so happy that Jackson. <laughs> why? Why were uh, he... yeah. I just don't understand why that. T- it don't. I'll tell you why it existed because there's a little army of Jets fans that'll click on your article if you troll us and get you ad revenue. But okay. it was just such an irritating take because even when you just compare the teams over the last decade, they're equal parts dumpster fire. And at least the Jets had hired a competent GM and had a very specific and solid plan in place to ex- right. that they're executing on right now. Is it going great? No, but. It could, they, they, they got some franchise players in this last draft, but anyway, we're talking about Jacksonville. Um, totally just Trevor Lawrence is out there right now. He's just making, making bad reads, making bad throws, throwing off his back foot, all the kind of scary stuff you see when a really good quarterback goes to a bad team. And is just in a tough situation where they're just not, he doesn't seem like he's developing. He's actually gotten worse over the last couple of games. Um, so basically the point is fuck everyone who wrote that take because Jacksonville is probably the worst place for a young quarterback to have gone. And they didn't address their offensive line at all. They receivers aren't getting separation. The run game's not there. He's being thrown out to the wolves and asked to do it himself. And that's just not right. Yeah. All and those... on top of that, the coaching staff is a dumpster fire. It's just not a good, they're not well coached. No. Yeah. I was, that's no. the big thing. They're just all... not, that's they're the same problem. I feel as the giants, they're not well coached and they have, you know, two coaches who are just, too big for who, who shit doesn't stink in their own opinion. And they seem not to want to take any accountability for anything, but Jackson is in a whole, I think it's worse than the giants world. down it's there. It's definitely yeah. worse. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is your classic situation of a college coach who's used to getting everything they want and getting everything the way they mm-hmm. want it and getting, you know, the best players, no matter what, cause you're at the biggest programs. And now you're the coach of the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, this is just how it goes for these big time college coaches who've never had to experience real fucking losing before. All yeah, of this, got- all of this coaching drama, Trevor Lawrence regressing. It's all signs of urban decay. Yeah. He needs to go back nice. to college. College. That yeah. was pretty good. He's been waiting all fucking night. Is that the one? I have. That was the That was, Oh God. I was holding that the whole time. Oh, but that's I, funny. I, I was what if honestly, I had? What if I had said, you know what? Let's skip Jacksonville tonight. Oh no, we would have come back to it. 100%. <laughs> I was, um, I was so scared that when Brian Kelly, as I'm, I'm Notre Dame fan for people who don't uh, know, yes, and I was so yeah. upset when Brian Kelly, like I when he left, I thought they were gonna like hire Urban Meyer for like a fleeting second, and then they did the right thing and hired Marcus Freeman, which I was so freaking pumped about because I think is, he's gonna, I think he's gonna be even better than Brian Kelly. He's, is, better, he's a better recruiter, but anyway. Is fondling women who aren't your wife at the bar like good Notre Dame Catholic behavior? Is that something no. they would? No, no, no I, I think actually, they that might is probably that. something Notre Dame would like hold against him. Although, didn't the, the Pope just say uh, extramarital stuff, not so bad, or something like that? I saw somewhere. Okay, we don't have to get in there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and I don't want to go down that road. But yeah, yeah. Urban Meyer is, is just a disaster in I'll the NFL. Right in. And he needs to, if he wants to coach again, he needs to get back to college where he can do things the Urban Meyer way and, you know, yeah. get away with it for four seasons until the school gets fed up with him and fires him. I was honestly, resigns. I was honestly happy for you, Matt, because at least with all that nonsense that's going on, it, he, they 
they won't blame your quarterback as being the worst of that draft class. No, anymore. they still are though. That's what's oh, they hilarious. Are. They still oh. are. Yeah. So Trevor's in a bad situation and he's struggling like any rookie would in a bad situation. I'm just repeating the narratives. Trevor's mm-hmm. in a bad situation, struggling like any rookie would. Justin Fields is on a bad team, struggling like any rookie on a bad team would. Zach Wilson knows a bust. That's the that's basically the narrative that's coming out of the <laughs> national media. Meanwhile, it's his just numbers, the Jets, are, man. His it's numbers just the Jets are better thing. than the, I know. It's yeah. just because we click on shit. We have to stop clicking on those. Uh, Jets fans, we have to stop clicking on those articles that stop trolls. taking the bait. They'll stop writing them if we stop clicking on them. <laughs> We're a money cow. Um, yeah, it's just frustrating because Zach Wilson has actually been really good his last four. Uh, the other night, day aside, the four games preceding it, it was something like he was. You know, four touchdowns, two interceptions, and over 60% completion with like pretty good depth, average depth of target. Like before yesterday, he had been pretty, or before Sunday, he had been pretty good the last few games. So, but you you don't get credit for that as a Jets quarterback. That's Mm -hmm. the problem. Not at all. You only get credit posthumously, like after they were already moving on from Sam Darnold, everyone started talking about how great Sam Darnold was and how, you know, he just was in a bad situation. He just needs to get it change of and it's it's just like no the jets aren't doing anything special except not drafting good quarterbacks that's the special thing they're not they're, yeah maybe they're ruining them a little bit or they're not helping them but i don't know it's all stupid yeah i don't it's think it's just, the co- i honestly think it's the coaching staff like hurting zach wilson though like it was with darnold i think it's more like there's just nothing for him to there's no line there's no there's no targets receivers, there's no targets not, Eli- not yeah not like elijah moore is legit He's Latimore, good, but he's a rookie. I think he's, I think he's a legit. Maybe I'm getting excited here, but he looks like a number one receiver right and now. He, and he did in he's college injured, too. But, he did in college yeah. too. But I think, uh, you know, it's just he's a rookie, and he's been, you know, he's been hurt this year too. So that's not helping. With, Zach, uh, that's not helping Zach Wilson. <laughs> Got to use that other first round pick and pair him with Jamison Williams from uh, Alabama. Elijah Moore and. Jameson Williams. Now That'd you guys can do court. that because you've invested some something into your offensive line the past few drafts. <laughs> yeah. The line that's the thing. The line actually note. the line wasn't that good yesterday, but the Saints also put out a lot of blitzes and like creative blitzes. Um, but the line's been pretty good overall the last few weeks. So you can't really complain as much. They've given Zach time. He's just not getting the ball out fast enough in a lot of those cases. So anyway, on from the Jets. But anyway, that's that's the football talk for this week. Um Jared, thank you as always for uh, joining us for the football jams. Do you have any quick parting shots? We have just under a minute left. Lamar Jackson, boo boo, end of the end of the uh, Ravens. Well, without him, it's the end of the Ravens. Definitely to mm. come go. Sadly, yeah, I'm not sad about that. Bye. <laughs> Anyways, good to talk to you as always, Jared, and we will see you soon. Absolutely. All right. And so now thanks Jared for coming on. Let's talk about some premier league action and let's just dive right into it. Um, why don't we start out with uh, Manchester city and wolves? No late. I'm just kidding. Let's start out with West Ham Burnley. But before we do that, I would like to talk about man city wolves, Chelsea Leeds, and Liverpool Aston Villa. And don't forget Manchester United. And yeah. Norwich. United Norwich too. Yeah. The so United Norwich was the worst one of them all. Um, man city wolves, uh, city struggled to break wolves down. Wolves looked like they were just out there trying to, uh, trying to not lose it, which is kind of what they did against Liverpool last week. My favorite part of the game before we get into the negative stuff was uh, Raul Jimenez uh, puts in that tackle halfway, gets a yellow. That that was not a yellow. That wasn't a yellow. You don't think the tackle? I don't think the tackle was a yellow. I don't think the tackle was a yellow, no. But somebody brought up a good point today that I heard. Uh, Basically, think about it this way. Wolves were like shit wasting from minute one of that game you know taking a long time on throw-ins like lying down on the pitch like doing all the things you do in like the 85th minute when you're nursing a lead and they were doing that from like the first minute and again they did this to liverpool last week they were just basically like it's how wolves are going to play big clubs yeah yeah and that's what they did uh so i think the ref was getting already kind of pissed off at them. You could tell he was kind of yelling at Wolves players on the pitch and like telling them to hurry up and getting kind of pissed at them. So when Jimenez put in that tackle, which I agree, wasn't a yellow. It was kind of just like mundane in the middle of the field. Yeah. Not on the attacker, not preventing a little bit of a sell, a little bit of a sell job. Yeah. (laughs) But basically just uh, ref comes in there, gives him a yellow, but then stupidly, and this part's on Jimenez 100%. Yes, he, that was his he, next inter- part is definitely he, on Jimenez. He interferes with the free kick. Now, by the way, I just want to point out, I've seen refs when somebody interferes with the free kick. Like, so what happened was 
it's at the middle of the field. Uh, Manchester City player is just going to like pass it to a player next to him. And that's the free kick. Like they're not, you know, it's not a shot on goal. It's not anything close enough like that. So he's just trying to pass it to, to somebody ahead of him. And Jimenez kicks the ball. And that's a yellow by the book. But a million times I've seen refs just call that back and be like, all right, just take it again when stuff right. like that's happened. Um, but I think because of all the shit wasting and all the time, yeah, wasting, well, the pissed off the so ref. irritated. They he pissed gave off the ref. second yellow and <laughs> sent him off. Yeah. They pissed off the ref. <laughs> but oh, city still struggled to break down. Wolves. they did. Like they weren't, they weren't really clinic. They weren't on their game the way you've seen. I mean, they still had, they had a lot of shots on target. Their XG was pretty high, but overall it just didn't seem like they were able to break down wolves. And what happened was, uh, Dan, do you want to describe it? No, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. No, uh, it was just like a ball in the box and it hit off a player's shoulder, but the player's arm was out. Yeah. And like, I, like watching the replay, right, I just right, didn't right. see it hit his arm at all. So what I'm, I I'm just saw watching it saying where, what I saw was like, like a, a, like, I felt like it hit like, like the, the upper, upper, like torso first and then caromed off the arm. That's kind of what I got. But then I saw other angles where it looked like they hit the bottom of his arm first. I, so what happened? But that's close in the arm outstretched. It's going to be hard to not get that called against you. That's kind of what it comes down to. It wasn't, I don't think it was. A, I mean, listen to me. I wanted city to win because wolves are right in that top four race with us. Right. Like, I, obviously I wanted city to win. I don't think it was a handball. And the fact that they confirmed it on VAR and now VAR is kind of taking an NFL position where it's like, well, if it's not a clear and obvious error, we're not going to overturn it. But then also what's the point? Like something like that, where it's not really clear. I, I don't know. I thought it's, it was yeah, not, it's not, that's I the didn't problem. think it was clearly yeah. a handball. And what was the, what was it? it? What was the original call on the I pitch again? A handball. They call it was it a handball on the pitch. Okay. But, okay. Which, I, which is understandable. I think the ref was just being safe and hoping VAR would, you know, take a good look and then they could, but yeah, in the end, I don't think it should have been a penalty, but it tends to happen when big six clubs play teams lower down. The it's field, just, it's, it's hard table. to not call it with the arm up in the unnatural position, I think. But if it doesn't hit his arm, it doesn't matter. It definitely hit his arm at some point though. I don't like, think I, it if did. it hit off here, it ricocheted back up to his arm. I, see, I don't think it did hit his arm. Um, I've watched it so many times. Like I, I saw, I saw one of the. I wish people could see me. I look ridiculous. They can't like, see you, so you have to describe it. You have to paint. I'm the, the I saw words. like off the hopper torso into the tricep and off. I didn't see that. I saw it kind of like go off his torso shoulder area. But anyway, regardless, they gave it a penalty, and uh, Raheem Sterling sent it home. It was his hundredth hundredth goal in the Premier League, by the good way. For him. So good for him. Um, City end up winning one nil. All right. So now moving on. This is sort of ending up being like a recap. Uh, well, it all, we, it's all going to tie together. It's all going to tie theme. together. We do have a theme. <laughs> this was the worst one for me. Leeds United, uh, Aston Villa, Liverpool, Liverpool won, Aston Villa nothing. Um, this you think one the was, Liverpool was the worst? You think the solid yeah, penalty was the worst was, one? Are you kidding? That was such a dive. I mean, See, that was, I thought I thought the Chelsea ones were the worst ones. So Mings brought down Salah, and it was a little bit of a clumsy challenge, but Salah did his – Salah is like an expert flopper. Love the guy. All-time great player expert flopper like just and he makes it look so he like flaps his arms when he goes down like their wings and this is what like just, these world but this is what world-class players know how to do they know when like there's enough contact that's like okay this guy like like Salah knew that i don't know who i forget who the defender was like had it was like, Ming. it was Mings. Ming, Ming, oh, it was Mings. okay so you knew means had like the contact on the back of his left leg and i think as soon as he felt that he's like well if i go down i'm going to get the call on var because there's breath, contact so sure. And that's going to all tie in when we talk about the West Ham challenge, because there was real fucking contact there. Yeah. And that's, um, and there's, and there's, hang yeah. on, we're going to tie, we'll, we're get gonna, there, yeah. we'll, we'll cover this one. So I thought this was an absolute dive from Salah. It was clear at the moment it was an absolute dive. He's somebody who's known for diving and they're supposed to be penalizing diving. That's the other thing. They're supposed to be giving yellow cards for diving. But so I think there's, there's too much contact. Timeout. Time there wasn't really any contact, though, when you watch the replay in slow motion. So, again, it felt like another one where the ref gave it, hoping they could take a good look at VAR. And then VAR was just like, nope, not a clear and obvious error. And so Liverpool win one nothing. Moving on, because this one. Uh, so I'll let you talk about the Chelsea one, because I kind of vaguely watched that game, but I just saw the highlights. So both of them were um, Rudiger. Both so, challenges were, were, were Rudiger. 
let's, do Uni- let's do United though. Cause it's, right, just, United. it's another, it's another quick one, nothing game. Yes. So um, the absolute, while we're talking about artists who are great at getting penalties, uh, I thought Norwich were the better team. Dude, this Norwich. Game, this was Norwich's best they were, performance of the season. In the second half, Undoubtedly the best in, performance of the season. They were three or four David De Gea, just like world-class saves yeah. away from probably stealing points in this one. Buki put himself in a lot of dangerous positions throughout the match, too. Like, my he did favorite exactly part, what he needed to do. My favorite part, I think, I don't know if I texted you. I texted a bunch of people because it killed me. Puki had an opportunity to play Josh Sargent, a noted American flop into the in on goalie one on one with De Gea and chose to take a world class, like make a world class attempt on goal instead. Like he just looked at the options ahead of him. He watched, he looked at Josh Sargent and then took a shot on goal from outside the box. But like, <laughs> so funny to me. And I feel bad because Josh Sargent seems like a hard worker, but he's just, you know, not cutting it there. Uh, not really cutting it for the U.S. men's national team either. But anyway, Pookie had a chance to play him in one-on-one with De Gea and instead took a shot and forced a really great, I mean, it was a world-class yeah. shot, forced a great De Gea save. Uh, what was it? 75th minute, uh, Ronaldo, I almost called him Pinaldo because I've been reading too much online commentary. Uh, Ronaldo cuts into the box and like the delivery on the ball was so high. The ball was out of bounds. It was unheadable. But then... The player was just, I mean, when they teach you defending in soccer, they teach you to have your arms on the opposing player's back and let them know you're there because you're trying to, you know, speed up their internal clock, take away time and space, that kind of thing. So they teach you and it's okay to put your hands on someone's back like that. He had his hands on his back and Ronaldo just did this like, whoa thing that he loves to do and flopped down to the ground and the ref gave a freaking penalty. And then I thought for sure. He also had an arm kind of wrapped around his upper shoulder too. Come on, Dan. If that is a a penalty, that happens 600 times a game. No, you got to let me finish. If If that one's a penalty, that happens 600 times a game. But if you're going to do that to Ronaldo on a survey, but if you're, listen, if you're a defender, listen to me. But if no, you're a defender, that's not that's a penalty. Going to, it doesn't matter. But if you're a defender, it's going into the box and, and then defending against it's Ronaldo. If you put your arm anywhere near like around him and he feels it, and especially if he has no chance of getting the ball, like you said, that's the bigger crime. And I agree with As you there. Said, he had no man. chance to make the play. But if you give him the opportunity to go to ground, he's going to go to ground. Because yes. if there's and contact, up, any contact, they're up, going to call it. It is up to the referee to make that judgment. That it's a dive. They're supposed to be giving out yellow cards for diving. The only one I've you can't seen call so, on hang on, just hang dive. on. You keep interrupting me mid-sentence. Gotta stop doing that. They only yellow card I've seen them give out was for Antonio when he was clearly taken out at the feet. Like they're clearly trying to give them out, but they're just giving them out to the other 14 clubs. They're not giving them out to the top six clubs because the league's full of shit. So corrupt. Next up, and yeah, I'm angry. I'm dropping the corrupt word. So next up, Chelsea. Wrap a recap us, Chelsea. Okay, so for Chelsea, the the two challenges were both Rudiger on Rudiger, and I feel so. The first one was, and I'm also I'm drawing blank on on who for the challenge who made the first challenge of Rudiger came in, caught the ball, also kind of caught Rudiger's uh, right foot, but like you could tell Rudiger definitely took a jump in a dive also, and I thought that was kind of a nonsense penalty, and then the second one. Was kind of the same. It was it was one he's so out just outside the box. End of the match. Ninety um, fifth minute. Ninety fifth minute. Lead. They played Leeds. So the Leeds player, whoever it was, he you know, took a swing at kind of swing at the ball and caught Rudiger's like back heel. And Rudiger definitely embellished the shit out of it and took a dive. So like it's one of these things where the contact's there and you're embellishing the contact. But what's the rule of the book say? Do you call the contact or do you call the embellishment? You're supposed That's to call the embellishment question. now. But what's the contact then? Is the contact just nothing? You're, it's supposed to be a it's supposed to be a judgment call, but at the same time, it's a judgment call where it only seems to benefit the top six clubs. Ever. I think the top six clubs have Dan, players who know how to milk Dan, them better. No, I will. And it does not. And, and, no, and I've never seen out. Tottenham get these calls that you speak of either. I'm just going to throw that out there. With Harry Kane, they sure fucking have. Um, Harry so, Kane doesn't get all the calls, dude. I'll tell you that like right crazy. now. He dude. Is but he doesn't diver. get all the calls, dude. I'll tell you that right now. So, regardless. Um, okay, so Tottenham is just not a big club, is what I'm hearing. So, anyway. Uh, I'm the, <laughs> the rest of the world calls him a big club. <laughs> so, anyway, point being. So you look at even Jack Grealish last year. I mean, Jack Grealish was like an all-time diver and still wouldn't get all those calls. And he, because he wasn't playing for Manchester City yet. Like, 
All right, so let's move on to the West Ham game. So Chelsea won 3-2, did not deserve a win at all. A point was the fair result in that. A point would have probably been a fair result. Uh, West Ham Burnley, point was probably a fair result in this one. Uh, 0-0 draw. Somewhere, I forget exactly when, but uh, Craig Dawson was going after a loose ball in the box, had position on the defender, and the defender just dove into his legs, like all out on the ground, slid into Craig Dawson's legs and took him out. Ref didn't give a penalty in the moment. VAR did a check, which is supposed to, again, to me, that qualifies as a clear and obvious error that he didn't give a penalty there. He dove into his legs. And what they did was on TV, they mashed it up. So if you looked at the angle that showed Dawson running for the ball, the defender just dives into the camera angle. But there was an angle that was on the defender and uh, he Dawson looks like he just comes into frame on that one. So it's a little tricky if you watch that one. But the fact of the matter is the defender still took out his legs, sliding, didn't get any of the ball whatsoever. And it was a stupid challenge. Like it was in a part of the box where you can't really score from anyway. So it was a stupid challenge, but I've seen that called a million times. But again, on a weekend where all those teams, all the top all the top big six Super League teams didn't play well. They were all bailed out with questionable penalties. And West Ham, who are chasing top four right now, have an obvious penalty not given to them by the same crew, I believe, that was in the, uh, I want to say the same crew from the Liverpool game. So it's a little frustrating. And this seems to be a common theme where every time a big club like that isn't playing well, something seems to bail them out. A penalty, a free kick right outside the box that's a questionable for a dive. It's just... And that doesn't happen for the other 14 clubs. And unfortunately, Dan, I just, I feel like you can't be a good, we'll say analyzer of this because your club is one of those clubs who benefits from this. I just, I don't see Harry, like Harry Kane Neither does do not the get as many the, calls the as you. United, the as Manchester you United do, fans also don't see it, but what they, so last season, West Ham didn't get a single penalty for, and there were plenty of opportunities to give a penalty. I mean, Antonio, it's taken out quite a bit. Like I'll put it to you this way. What happened to Antonio in the box with Ronaldo or Sala, like that happens a couple of times a game to Antonio where players are like hugging him from behind and bring him down. Like that's a common way you see players defend Antonio. He has not gotten a single penalty call for that. West Ham didn't have a penalty last year until Jesse Lingard showed up in February. And then they got their first penalty because Lingard was taken out in the box, but it wasn't like anything of a special play. Like it was it's just so, it's frustrating. You see these I, you see these big clubs frequently bailed out with penalties that everybody scratches their head and then we debate them for a week and it it just I, I just think we, a lot of these players in the bigger clubs are are better and they know how to drop, especially on the big three clubs. Okay. And like and Ronaldo. The big three clubs bullshit. and Ronaldo. I think they just know how to draw a penalty. But like when I watch them. And they everybody they, knows how to draw a penalty. Everybody they know how like to work around no, the rules Dan, a little bit. And Dan, that being said, no, let's go. I want to go back to West Ham. Like I still haven't. Everybody, I still haven't got. I want to comment on West Ham. Like that, though. Everybody dives like that. It only no. gets called for the big clubs. I want to. Yeah, I don't see Kane doesn't get as many penalties called against. Like most of Kane, most of Tottenham's penalties aren't Harry Kane. He takes all the shots, but he doesn't draw. He doesn't draw a lot of penalties. Okay, and I don't have doesn't. stats to challenge. I don't have a way yeah. to challenge you on stats right now, so we're going off your feelings. But that's so that's that. But I want to go to West Ham. Absolutely not a penalty. No, I'm just fucking what you do. It absolutely <laughs> wasn't. <laughs> and that's what um, pisses me off. And that happens so frequently. Uh, when something like that happens to a West Ham player, to Antonio, <laughs> or I mean, it's funny because I guess it's Craig Dawson. So you're like Craig Dawson's not earning a penalty, but he absolutely did. Like that yeah, I, so I watched. I watched this one a lot. And the reason I watched it a lot is because I was trying to decipher whether both players had a legitimate shot at getting the ball. It's the touchline camera angle, right? That touchline camera angle throws you off because it looks like Dawson just runs into frame. And that's and that's the one I I had to look at at the end and the very I realized okay, thought. But when I really slowed it down and I like I I I legit went like pause play, pause play, pause play because I wanted to see it play out slow. The um. The Burnley defender like never had a chance for that ball. A completely no. re- completely reckless challenge. Yeah, and he completely should have reckless challenge. And yeah. even he, after the play, he like put his head head in his hands because yeah. he knew he fucked up. And then- you can you can. There's a small argument to say Dawson might have played into him a little bit, but it's, oh, so it, now it, that's a problem. It, yeah, <laughs> you just that, said it, I, no, no, no. I'm just saying that's if you're gonna make if you're gonna make a defense for no penalty, that's what it is. But it's not not it wasn't a very good one. 
Like, it's not a good one at all. It absolutely should have been a penalty. You're 100% right. I think the only, I think the Ronaldo call was questionable, especially because the ball was com- completely out of play. Uh, I had no problem with the Salah. Um, oh, I did. He did. I hate, I hate, good. I hate it. And maybe it was just a good dive. And maybe in my eyes, I'm being befuddled, but I thought there was enough contact to give that one away. So think um, about it this way. Think about all the contact these guys absorb when they're carrying the ball outside the box or through the midfield. Think about all the contact some of these great players absorb in those situations. And then you're telling me that it takes that little to bring him down. No, I, I completely understand that it, there's, there's flopping and there's died. Like, you know, one little touch of contact and some of these guys go right down. I mean, even earlier in that game, Raheem Sterling had had a dive that he they didn't call a penalty against it, but it should have been a dive on him. You know, well, and that's the problem. They're supposed to be giving out yellows for obvious dives. And all I've seen is players on the other 14 teams. Get I'm not even sure situations. if I've ever seen a dive given peer. I, I know Kane got called for one, like maybe four or five years ago in the and- Villa game. Uh, Antonio was making a run in the box and the Villa player like took him down, but it wasn't like, like he just, tackled him didn't get any of the ball and antonio went down and the ref gave antonio a yellow for diving and it's still like antonio was like what the fuck like that was a bad chat like that was a bad challenge right. he didn't get any of the ball it's still i it was, i yeah and i just looked at eve with all the, the the calls out like the chelsea ones some of the chelsea ones bothered me a little bit because i thought they were petty i could i guess you know i think those the chelsea calls of all of them were the ones that were the most i think big six, as you call them, friendly calls, where, like, there wasn't a lot of contact and they got the benefit of the doubt because Rudiger knows how to, you know, knows how to play a dive well. It was him both times. And it's, and it's I, just, yeah. I'm sick the, of it. The him, the, 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 I thought the most egregious plays in the whole might have been the him and his yellow. Like, that was an awful yellow. That was a soft yellow. You yeah. know? And then, but he said, the refs kind of were, the ref was kind of pissed at Wolves. They didn't like the way they were playing. I don't know if refs should be calling matches like that you know i mean i think that's a stop that's a as long as you're playing within the rules you know i don't really care how long it takes you to throw and just play within the rules that's how yeah. you stop an explosive team when you're wolves that's how you stop city so you know i, I not much else I, though i mean i'm gonna if i'm gonna if i'm gonna wrap up the burnley west ham game i think a point was the correct result i don't think I don't think West Ham played particularly well. I wasn't I very happy with the performance, to be honest with you. From but. the extended, it seemed like they had a lot of chances on on goal. They did. Pope, they had the Pope, header. They had that net header was, off the set piece that that was dangerously close going in. Um, I thought they were victim of some good goalkeeping multiple times. Pope's good. You know? Pope's a really underrated goalie. Yeah, and man, I mean, he played a really good game. Rice had Rice was the best player out there for West Ham. I mean, he made so many like driving runs in from the midfield. Yeah, and he almost he just, hit that screamer too at the, towards yeah, the end. He did. Would have been would have been nice, um, but alas, wasn't meant to be. They've got Arsenal coming up on Wednesday. I actually am more comp to be honest with you. So here's the issue with West Ham right now, and this it's kind of it's a pattern they, we're seeing. They only season. they only get points against the big six. <laughs> yeah, well, they struggle when a team is going to sit back and not attack like Burnley was not very adventurous today. Burnley treated us like we were Manchester city, which is still crazy to me that teams are doing that. I it still kind of blows my mind, but uh, Burnley treated us like we were Manchester city. I mean, they were just sitting back, they were keeping their shape well, and they were pretty tough to break down. I mean, West Ham did break them down a few times, but like what's happening right now, you saw it against Southampton. You saw it against uh, there was another draw uh, Brighton, like, well, Brighton, there was totally different issues. So maybe I shouldn't say that, but Southampton, Burnley, and to a certain extent, Crystal Palace, like a team is sitting low and just defending. West Ham struggle to break them down right now. And a lot of it comes down to Antonio looks gassed. He's way, he's in terrible form. There were a couple of moments where, uh, you know, you look at Antonio, there's space in the box that he should be running into. Somebody has the ball outside the box. And instead, he's just kind of like hanging around by the defenders. Like there's just little things you would see Antonio doing in the past that he's not doing now. And I, I don't know what the deal is, but at this point, my solution is a little controversial. I want to move Jared Bowen up to striker because Bowen's been unbelievable. The Moises play, played him at striker when it, when Antonio was injured last year. Um, in good form. Can't finish right now, but neither can Antonio. Antonio can't get into positions to finish. So I'd rather have Bowen, at least his work rate, move Bowen to striker and just give Antonio a break. He needs it. He needs to like take a few. He's always 
the thing I was thinking about today, he's always had a big injury around this time, which has given him time off. And then he comes back strong. And it's almost like he's always had that injury to give him a mental break. And now he doesn't have that. He's been, you know, knock on wood, injury, somewhat injury free. And it's like, maybe he just needs that mental break. So I don't know, put Bowen in at striker. Healthy um, and it's fucking his game all up. <laughs> Vlasic played pretty well when he came in. Uh, Give Anto- put Antonio on the bench and, you know, if you're chasing the game in the last 10 minutes against Arsenal, bring him on to try to create some chances. But like, he just seems like he's gassed and kind of out of ideas mentally. So he's just, he's in a tough rut right now. And I think he'll work his way out of it, but just, I think, yeah, it's tough to watch right now because it gets ever since the Liverpool game, they've really struggled to create and Chelsea against a team like Chelsea who came out guns blazing attacking and they, they could, you know, counter on and find some space. They played well, but against these other clubs like wolves sat back sat deep, Burnley sat deep, Southampton sat deep. Like they really have struggled to create anything against those teams. How much would you have bounced off the wall? If um, Masuaku actually put that, that ball in early in the match that one hit off the outside of his foot. I almost put another one. I was like, just kind of accidental goals into the freaking upper left corner again. I know. I'm looking back at the game, and there were a few of those. And it almost, uh, one of the West Ham podcasts I listened to almost actually compared it a little bit to the Spurs game, where West Ham had a lot of chances, but they kind of couldn't finish. And then that's what it was. I felt like they had a lot of quality chances. In the Spurs game, they just sort of nicked one on a corner, and that was good enough. And, you know, defended well to keep Spurs from having anything dangerous. And that's kind of what they did. Burnley didn't really have any dangerous chances. Um, but yeah, unfortunate, but it is what it is. We go again on, I'd almost rather play Arsenal at this point, the way things are going than play Burnley, which is crazy to say. It's Arsenal. You guys, I mean, you guys, like you said, you guys have, you're, you're getting your points from the, you know, the, the top clubs and teams you're dropping, willing to attack. We're dropping points. Right, and, and you're dropping points to teams who are sitting deep. back. Yeah. And I, I remember, and I feel, you know, I feel like a lot of clubs who are like kind of in the transition clubs, have this problem because well, we always talk about this with De Bruyne too. How De Bruyne is one of those magicians who can, when a team is sitting back, and that's why Manchester City can always count on picking up those points or getting right. a penalty. But when a team's sitting back, you know, De Bruyne can make that pass that unlocks a team that's sitting low like that. Yeah. And then, like, you know, because you're kind of, you're not quite good enough to hang with like the big three and like play like man for man with them. But like now that but the lower clubs are gonna play you like you are the big three because you are significantly better than they are. It's a weird place. It is a weird it's a place. Weird place. Tottenham's lived there during the Pochettino years. Like we need Lingard in January is what we need. Is that gonna happen? It's, I keep hearing I, it's gonna happen. There's all these rumors out there that and it's it's like any tra- transfer season's the worst. And because at least in like American sports, you know, it's uh, with transfers, it's like the fucking wild west. Like somebody just decides, wakes up on a Wednesday, decides to tweet something and then major media outlets pick it up and start running with it. And it's, right. so there's stuff out there that, you know, Lingard definitely wants to come back to West Ham. I think he does. Cause it's, he's been commenting on social media over West Ham. He's been, you know, uh, his brother has been commenting on West Ham fan posts that say like Jesse soon. So I think vaguely showing interest. I think one of the West Ham beat reporters uh, for the athletic Roshane, he said um, he would be shocked if Lingard's not back in January. So we'll see, but apparently Newcastle is going to like offer twice the wages and, you know, big transfer fee. So we'll see what happens. Well, hopefully you guys new money. will be ready to go. Also, I don't think, I don't think Lingard's going to want to go to Newcastle because you think about it too. If you're one of those types of players that's in that upper tier, and you get relegated, you're on a team that gets relegated, that's going to really hurt your ability to make money down the line. That's true. You're right. That's it's going to hurt your image. So, yeah. All right, uh, now, before we uh, wrap up soccer, um, I want I know you have a special subject you want to touch on with uh, you and your fellow West Ham supporters. Yeah. So um, there's, it's a really sad story. There's a seven-year-old girl, at Isla Catton, um, who, you know, her family's West Ham fans and she's a, West Ham fan. She's had cancer since she was two. Uh, and, you know, Mark Noble, I think it was the first season at the London stadium brought her out on the field with him. And, you know, so, so every West Ham fan knows who she is. She's a big part of the West Ham family. And uh, her parents just got a terrible diagnosis that uh, her cancer spread to her bones and she might not make it to Christmas. So right now they're raising money. Um, so if you search Isla Catton, it's a uh, I S L a, and then last name C A T O N uh, you'll 
you should find the fundraising link. Once this episode drops on Wednesday, I'll tweet it out with the Pop Sports Shorts account. I've also already retweeted it at my account, sold it. Uh, anyone, even if you're not a West Ham fan, whatever you can donate, it would just really help out the family. They're just trying to, you know, give her a lot, give her some happiness for her last days. And that family's been through so much too, with so many treatments over the past five years that they deserve a little happiness. So if you can, whatever you can donate, uh, I know they'd appreciate it. Hey man, make sure I get that link too. So I can, you know, send some money over too. For sure. Goes man. Well, goes well beyond uh, the game there. You know, it just very sad. Exactly. And, just uh, sad stuff. We've every West Ham fan has been following that, you know, her treatments and the news updates for years. And it's just and it's pretty so devastating. Young, news. So sad, devastating, yeah. right. Just to be so young. So anyway, um, just best wishes to her as she uh, deals with, um, you know, these, these stage, this stage of her life and, you know, best wishes to her family, you know, cause I just can't imagine what they're going through. And yeah. 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 Anyways, on uh, that note, anything else you want to add outside of the uh, the football worlds this week? No. Baseball stopped, so you know we're never going to see Max Scherzer pitch for the Mets. Yeah, like who's like who's on with the Devils right now? Lockout <laughs> for lockout for his contract, like and uh, yeah, yeah. Devils have been, I mean, Devils have been losing a lot, but just the signs are there. I mean, yeah. Hughes is just dancing all over the ice, creating chances for himself, creating chances for other people. Like, the goals, the assists are going to start coming, but it's, you know, they're they're still learning how to win. Absolutely. Cool, man. All right, well, I'll let you go with that, and uh, we'll let you go with that. We have been Pop Sports Shorts. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Jared, for being on earlier talk about football. You can find us at the 4th Wall Pop Network. Uh, enjoy all our holiday content during the uh, 12 days of Christmas and and our whole content marathon during 12 days of Christmas. And we will see you soon. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. And be well. Take care, guys.